Welcome to Over in Smith, an H.P. Lovecraft podcast where we read the complete works of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, and usually there's an audiobook of what we're reading. Unless it's too racist or boring or both. Uh, today we are reading the uh, fifth part, fifth or sixth? Sixth part. Sixth part, yeah. We're reading the sixth part of uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Uh, and with me today is some some little goat some little goat person just dancing away in a desert. Jesse. Uh, hey, hey, Faith. Yeah. Did you you like my lobster, right? No. It's gonna. It's my soundboard is almost complete. <sighs> soon, soon. I also have this. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> dun dun dun! Oh, classic. You just need a Wilhelm scream. No, I hate the Wilhelm scream. Oh, that's right, you do. I forgot about that. Duh. I, I, re- I also really hate the really extended one. That uh, one, the other one that people use. I like the really oh, sh- short one. <laughs> Like it definitely cuts off too soon when they use it. <laughs> um. Oh fuck, that's really good. The hark. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be reading uh the sixth part of Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Uh, after this, we'll only have two more parts. Um, we're reading ten pages each. By the way, that's how much we decided on, and it has worked out really well. Like I feel like. Uh, there's a good break every ten pages. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, but so to recap, last time, um, uh, Carter left Inganok, where the uh the children of the gods are. He went to that big spooky quarry, even though he was told not to go there. <laughs> like every no. other H.P. Lovecraft protagonist, all the locals are like, "Hey, don't go there," and he's like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> There was one person who listened to the locals at all of these. Oh, yeah, it was Rats in the Wall. Yeah, and unfortunately, that one was filled with just just the N-word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was the only, like, good protagonist where the locals were like, yo, your family's fucked up. Also, you probably shouldn't live in that castle. And he's like, oh, shit. Okay, good to know. <laughs> like, he didn't dispute them. He's like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um... Also, I love, like, how he managed to, like, he finally turns around for, like, the first time in his, like, journey this far, and he finally notices that one dude following him. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I know I said this the last time, but, like, I feel like, like, there's, like, a human thing, like, like a human yeah, thing where, where you, like, feel- you can feel things, people around yeah, you. Yeah, you can feel like things are watching you. There's a certain sense for that. But apparently yeah, like, Randall Carter does not have that. <laughs> like, like, I mean, maybe mine's just too strong because, like, I, I very randomly think someone's watching me and they're not. Oh, my God. So. Me, too. All the time, especially at work, because uh, there's an open door to the break room behind me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, is someone in there? I'll turn around. There's nobody in there. 
but yeah, and also like he's pretty far into this journey. Like he was almost to the quarry when he finally noticed this guy following him. It's like the spooky looking uh it's the it's the traitor from Dilathlene. Um but yeah, so he gets a yak, he goes there to the quarry, uh shit goes south, his yak runs away. He ends up getting uh, captured by the traitor and some fucking horse birds that sound honestly horrifying. <laughs> oh, the Shantok birds are finally described, like, because uh, before they said, like, nobody's ever seen them. Uh, but they're they're big horse birds. So the traitor from Dilathlene captures them. They fly off on a Shantok bird. Yeah, they go over the mountains to Lang, and lo and behold, those little goat people from the moon that were enslaved on the moon, yeah, they live there. They like they have like little dance parties in the middle of the desert. It's like Burning Man. Wait, <laughs> do they, Lang is it L E L E N G? Yeah, Lang. Oh, they do cannibalism there. Yeah, like it's a it's described as a bad place. And that's it's, that's it's, also it's, one of the reasons why they say there's no cats in Inganak is because Lang is right there. And it's just bad vibes. Too many bad vibes. Okay, so I, I did find something and <gasps> I think I, I will I will have to find the um the article. Uh-huh. But I found some wholesome wholesome cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> that- now you know how I always say that I think about auto cannibalism a lot. A like lot. if you look at my leg, be like, uh, yeah. pretty- well, someone had had their leg amputated. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking eat it. I mean, you know what? That's your choice. <laughs> uh, I there was a guy, there was a guy in the Civil War who got his leg blown off by a cannonball. Uh, he like sat down for like two hours and smoked a cigar until they like a medic finally came and picked him up and took him away. Uh, but his leg was preserved in like the National Museum of Medicine, and he would go to the National Museum of Medicine and like lovingly stare at his leg in a display case. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, yeah, he visited it like every week. He would go see his leg. He would stand there for like a half an hour and then like. That's all he would look at. <laughs> okay. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is technically the only way, way you can have vegan meat is if it's human. Uh, yeah, because yeah, then it can consent. Or uh, if it is um, grown. It's, well, yeah. Well, no, no, I'm talking off a living being. Yeah, off a living like, being. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I just like, you know, just don't eat. Everyone's like, oh, prions. Just don't eat the brain. Don't eat the soft tissues. Come on. Come on. Legs are fine. Come on. I'm just, Come a, little, on. I'm just a little guy. It's my birthday. You're going to hit a little guy on this birthday. <laughs> are you going to say this little guy can't eat your leg on the birthday? On this birthday? <laughs> but you don't need it. You don't need it. I mean, uh, that when ca- there was a cannibal in Germany that got off because his. A uh, victim was a willing participant. Yeah. Also, I don't think cannibalism was technically illegal at that time. <laughs> like, there were no German laws about it. So he got off. Well, I mean, like, he murdered the guy. So he got in trouble for that. But um, he didn't get in trouble for eating him. Because that dude well, was like, no, I would love it if he ate me. Okay, here, here's, here's the other thing. Uh-huh. I feel like 
Oh, what was I gonna say? It was gonna be it was gonna be like slightly edgy, <laughs> and I forgot what I was gonna say. I um, mean, like, dude, if you get your like leg cut off and you want to eat it, go right ahead. I'm not gonna stop you. Yeah. You're not hurting anybody. Yeah, I just know. Or we could just start making like hyper intel. Well, okay. Have you read the restaurant in the galaxy? No. I, okay. I know well, it's the of second. It. It's the second book of the trilogy. Which is actually a quadrilogy of the Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh no, I have read and, it. Sorry. Yeah, I read it. So I read like a, a like a collection of all three, four. Oh yeah, books. I have, you probably have a similar collection that I do. Yeah, I read. I just read one. all of them in one go. So okay, yes, I've yeah. definitely read it. Yeah. So, um, the I forgot what the third book is called. I don't remember either. It's, I, it's, it's my favorite one, though. I also didn't realize I had read three books until I got to the end, and I was like, that was really long. And then I looked at the <laughs> cover, I was like, oh, it was a collection. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but there's there's a hyper cattle, which is an intelligent, like, cattle. Oh, yes. That just, like, walks yep. around, be like, hey, you want like, like, you know, I'm nice and marble. You want, you, you want some, you want some stomach meat? Like, you know, a little bit of rump roast? Like I feel like you know we can we can make that we can make like hyper intelligent animals that just want to be eaten. I mean, like, like uh, you would have to groom them from birth to be ready to be slaughtered, which has some. I mean, how how is that different? Which has some like the, moral the objections, but has been done multiple times in societies to like people. Yeah, like I mean, also like most farm animals can't live past a certain age because they're not bred to, uh, like milk cows are milk cows and goats are about the only and chickens are the only ones I can think of that are bred to live long lives, uh, because they're not slaughtered for their meat. Well, yeah. chickens are, but I mean, like there are certain chickens just for laying. Um, but otherwise, like pigs don't actually live very long. I think they only live like three to five years. Yeah. Uh, cause I mean, like they're gonna be slaughtered eventually. And don't. And by the way, don't slaughtering pigs are awful. It's like, pretty awful. One of the things that made me okay. No, cause I was in the same room. Cause you know how the you know how the Amish or how like they used to slaughter pigs. Yeah. Because pig blood's useful, so you know they use every part of the pig. Yeah. So what they do is they just hoist that pig up and slit its fucking yep, throat. Yep. And you just hear it scream. Yeah. Um. My. <laughs> so my mom, my mom growing up, they they had like a small farm, uh, and they had a pig that they raised, uh, and they did like raise it with the knowledge that it was eventually going to be slaughtered. But my grandpa ended up like getting too attached to it, and they had to sell it because he's like, I can't do this, I cannot. Yeah, <laughs> my like... poor grandpa, that sweet man. He well, and he grew up on a farm slaughtering animals, so he was probably imagining that while raising this pig. Yeah, I like I like one one of the main reasons I stopped eating meat on a regular basis was because of pigs. Yeah, it's now chickens. They all fucking eat them all day. I fucking hate chickens. Uh, chickens but, are wild. Yeah, I'll eat chickens. Like you know, they're but whatever. But pigs, nah. Cows are mm, cows are on a thin ice with me. Uh, I like dairy cows, but meat cows. Dairy cows are cool. Meat cows tend to be yeah. just like big and dumb. Yeah, and not in like a cool way too, because they tend to be mean yeah. too. But like, but what, but whatever. Also, bulls are just—they're—they're they're basically just Kyles. Oh my god, they're so gross too. Yeah, uh, but one of the Girl Scout camps I went to as a kid—I uh, went to it a couple times because there's only so many in Montana. Um, 
it was on the same land as some people that uh they raised a chevro uh they're like with these white cows for meat <laughs> they were so gross it, i can't i have never seen anything more disgusting than that bunch of cows yeah by the way the third uh the checkers guys of the galaxy book is life the universe and everything oh yeah and then the fourth Could book you... is so long and thanks for all the fish well the thing that i like about life uh my god why can't i you just said it life the universe, the universe and, everything. and everything actually it yeah. was six books all together well, technically, one was a short story. Uh, mostly well, harmless, and I think, and another thing are the two short ones. Yeah, mostly harmless, and then there was another. I those are short stories. Yeah, and another thing but, was the last one. Yeah, but, um, but I like that they they found out. It turned out that Marvin knew what the ultimate question was, which was just which which is which was just uh. What is six times nine? And that's why it's 40. No, wait. It was what is six times, what, five times? Wait, I forgot what 42, what, how you get 42 in multiplication. <laughs> one sec, wait. one sec. Am I, am I that dumb? It's not times, one sec. I'm, is it 12 times four? No, no, it was, it was two single digit numbers. Seven. Six times seven. It was six times seven. Yeah, the the ultimate question was. Oh yeah, what what is, is six times what is, seven? What is six times seven? Because because it's actually on the brain of every human, and Marvin was just like just like it was just like just knew it because it could read the brain waves. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's been a long time also, since I read also, those books. Also, uh, Brox uh, realizes that he is actually the center of the universe. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about uh, that. <laughs> so much <laughs> he really is he really is center of the universe <laughs> my favorite like, marina and the diamonds the whole... tweet is just found out that the universe doesn't revolve around me shocked and appalled <laughs> <laughs> like i love that part of the book so much because like there's this machine that is basically supposed to just give everyone who's in it existential dread and it's supposed to compare you to a piece of fairy cake. Oh, yeah. And Zephod yep. comes out perfectly fine. Be like, turns out I am as great as I thought I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, it's yeah. like, it's just like, I love it. Also, I love it that author Dent goes back in time and he, he meets that one alien that is a personal goal is to insult every single living creature yeah. alphabetically. <laughs> Like, oh my god, oh, it's so good. Uh, what? <laughs> what a good okay. book series. <laughs> it's real good. I love it. Oh, fuck. I love those books so much. It's so fucking good. Like, I think those are my most read books. Like, I read those all the time. I need to. It's been since high school since I read the collection. Oh, fuck. Yeah, They're so good. Oh, all right. So we get the story. Party started party. This party yeah, started. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's check in on these these little goat people having their raves in the desert. Yeah. The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, Part Six by H.P. Lovecraft. But the Shantok flew on past the fires and the stone huts and the less than human dancers and soared over sterile hills of gray granite and dim wastes of rock and ice and snow. 
Day came, and the phosphorescence of low clouds gave place to the misty twilight of that northern world, and still the vile bird winged meaningly through the cold and silence. At times the man talked with his steed in a hateful and guttural language, and the shantok would answer with tittering tones that rasped like the scratching of ground glass. At this while the land was getting higher, and finally they came to a windswept tableland, which seemed the very roof of a blasted and tenantless world. There, all alone in the hush and the dusk and the cold, rose the uncouth stones of a squat windowless building, around which a circle of crude monoliths stood. In all this arrangement there was nothing human, and Carter surmised from old tales that he indeed come to that most dreadful and legendary of all places, the remote prehistoric monastery, wherein dwells unaccompanied the high priest not to be described, which wears a yellow silken mask over its face and prays to the other gods in their crawling chaos, Nyarlathotep. Oh shit, we might get some haster! Okay, here's, here's the thing. They keep on men- mentioning our boy Narlothotep. Yes, our uh, the 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 boy, the myth, the legend. But but we we haven't we haven't seen. No, him. wait, then, we got we got real close. They teased us, got, and then some cats yeah. showed up. Well, yeah, but like we could, you could just like, you could just like make it just show us. I just Lovecraft show uh, us. Give us our boy. Yeah, all we know is that he sometimes looks like a like a swarthy uh like Egyptian man who which I read as very handsome. I, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you could change your shape however you want, why wouldn't you be hot? I mean, yeah. So, like what would he look like? He's supposed to be like a tentacle beast. Like he's literally supposed to be like a pile of tentacles. Just a and- little pile of uh squirming uh tentacles. Just a non-Euclidean yeah. nightmare, just uh, wiggling, wiggling around. Yeah, no, no straight lines here. Everything's based off of a curve. No ninety-degree angles. No, get your fucking protractor out. It's about to get wild. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You think it's perpendicular? Perpendicular? It is. But is it parallel? No, it has a slight incline this way, and also it curves if you look far enough away. Oh, oh surprise! It's like the earth. Yeah, <sighs> but but yeah, we're we're gonna get a well. Hopefully, we get our boy Haster because we haven't seen the King in Yellow no. yet. I think we only yeah. they've only talked about this, which I don't. Maybe this is like a priest of Haster. I want it to be Haster so bad because I love Haster. <laughs> um. Uh, they they've only mentioned the the priest with the yellow mask in other stories. That's it. Dang it! I just want I just want I just want our boys. I want Neolithotep and I want Haster. Just give them to me, HP. Yeah. Go back in time, bully HP. Be like, give me my boys. Give them to me. He's like, they're they're cosmic horrors. I'm like, I don't care. I want them. Will I go mad? I'm already mad. Uh, joke's on you. I already have a psychiatric diagnosis. <laughs> I'm already neurodivergent. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you do to me will be that bad, actually. Well, will I want... Wait, you're gonna make me want to kill myself? Too bad, I already do. I already <laughs> want to. You're gonna make me real afraid? Got anxiety. 
It's just, my fight or flight. My fight or flight is like always going off for no fucking reason. The low. I like that HP hates this fucking bird as much as us. Like every time I, he describes this bird, he's like this fucking hateful bird, horse bird. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Look out for the words he uses to describe because he might be <laughs> this bird. Loathsome. You know. Yeah. Vile, yeah, be like right now. He said earlier. Vile, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, you might start using stuff like mongrel and stuff. Or, oh you know, God! You know, there's he already uses like a regular description of the merchant, which I refuse to say. Yeah. Damn it, HP! It's just an ugly bird. Just say it's an ugly bird. You don't have to compare it to a minority. No, it's a horse bird too, which makes it worse. It's it's like <laughs> twice as bad. <laughs> the loathsome bird now settled to the ground. And the man hopped down and helped his captive alight. Of the purpose of the seizure, Carter now felt very sure. For clearly the merchant was an agent of the darker powers, eager to drag before his masters a mortal whose presumption had aimed at the finding of unknown Kadath and the saying of a prayer before the faces of the great ones in their onyx castle. It seemed likely that this merchant had caused his former capture by the slaves of the Moon Things in Dilath Lane, and now he meant to do with the rescuing cats had. Oh, okay, and that he now meant to do what the rescuing cats had baffled, taking the victim to some dread rendezvous with monstrous Nyarlathotep, and telling with what boldness the seeking of unknown Kadath had been tried, Lang and the cold waste north of Inganok must be close to the other gods, and there the passes to Kadath are well guarded. The man was small, but the great hippophallic bird was there to see he was obeyed. So Carter followed where he led, and passed with a circle of standing rocks and into a low arched doorway of that windowless stone monastery. So the merchant is a short king, is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> a short king. I like how he's uh, like, this dude's short, I could definitely beat him up. <laughs> you don't know that. He's a low center of gravity. You don't know what this man could do. I mean, look at look at Wolverine. Look at what Wolverine could yeah, do. He's, he's like, shorter than most people. He's like, what, 5'3", and he could fuck you up. There was no light inside, but the evil merchant lit a small clay lamp, bearing morbid boss reliefs, and prodded his prisoner on through mazes of narrow winding corridors. On the walls of the corridors were painted frightful scenes, older than history, and in a style unknown to the archaeologists of Earth. After countless aeons, their pigments were brilliant still, for the cold and dryness of hideous Lang kept alive many primal things. Carter saw them fleetingly in the ray of that dim and moving lamp, and shuddered at the tale they told. <laughs> it's just him getting eaten by an alligator. <laughs> It's the, it's the same as the guy from the name of the city. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna crawl in this hole. Oh, this is about the size of a crocodile. Oh, look, there's a picture of a crocodile eating a human. He's <laughs> just like asked the merchant. He's like, uh, "Are you gonna feed me to a crocodile?" And the merchant's like, "What? No. What gave? Wait, there's a picture. What gave you a picture that of you, idea? <laughs> but there's a picture of you feeding a crocodile." Pe a man that looks right just like me to a crocodile. <laughs> what now? No, don't look at that. <laughs> Wait, you have you have like horns and stuff. Don't look at and like. Don't look at that. 
it like turns. Oh, no, it's wearing the same thing as you. <laughs> like turns. That's to, weird. He turns the bird. He's like, I told you to put the curtain up. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a picture of Bjarnlothotep like eating him. He's like, whoa, like is that gonna happen to me? What? No, don't look at that. And also, no, it says. Wait, 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 wait. I know this language. It's it's in gold. Oh, wait, it says, don't listen to the merchant. They're just going to feed you to, to their slimy god. <laughs> what? What? No, that's that's not you I'm feeding to, Nyarlathotep. <laughs> Carter's like, it, this dude's wearing, in this picture, is wearing a name tag, and it says Randolph Carter on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, god damn, fuck Keep going. <clears throat> Through those archaic frescoes, Lang's annual stalked, and the horned, hooved, and white mouth almost humans danced evilly amidst forgotten cities. There were scenes of old wars, wherein Lang's almost humans fought with the bloated purple spiders of the neighboring vales, and there were scenes also of the coming of the black galleys from the moon, and of the submission of Lang's people to the polypus and amorphous blasphemies that hopped and floundered and wriggled out of them. Those slippery, grayish-white blasphemies they worshipped as gods, nor ever complained when the scores of their best and fattest males were taken away in the black galleys. The monstrous moonbeasts made their camp on a jagged isle in the sea, and Carter could tell from the frescoes that there was none other than the lone, nameless rock he had seen when sailing to Inganok, that gray, accursed rock which Inganok seamen shun, and from which vile howlings reverberate all through the night. Damn. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Now we know the backstory of that spooky rock. You know, sometimes you need to wait to know about the spooky rock. You know, I was okay with it just being a spooky rock. And but I'm okay to, with this. To give it it's, I'm okay with this too. And in those frescoes was Shun, the great seaport, and the capital of the almost humans, proud and pillared betwixt the cliffs and the basalt wharves, and wondrous high fanes and carven places. Great gardens and calm streets led from the cliffs and from each of the six sphinx-crowned gates to a vast central plaza, and in that plaza was a pair of winged colossal lions guarding the top of a subterranean staircase. Again and again were those huge winged lions shoon, their mighty flanks of diorite glistening in the gray twilight of the day in the cloudy phosphorescence of the night. And as Carter stumbled past their frequent and repeated pictures, it came to him at last what indeed they were, and what city was the almost humans had ruled so anciently before the coming of the Black Galleys. There could be no mistake, for the legends of Dreamland are generous and profuse. Indubitably, that primal city was no less a place than storied Sarkomond, whose ruins had bleached for a million years before the first true human saw the light, and whose twin titan lines guarded eternally the steps that led down from Dreamland to the Great Abyss. Indubitably. Indubitably. <laughs> oh, look, there's a human. Indubitably. Okay. Uh, oh, speaking of, sorry, one thing that I remember very clearly 
is uh like it I, it's so early in the uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh-huh. it's just uh when uh ford prefect was you know trying to get him and uh, arthur dent drunk and they go to that pub and be like hey drink this eat eat a bunch of peanuts be like but it's lunchtime it's not even lunchtime yet be like uh time is an illusion and lunchtime is doubly so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just it, it's yeah it's it's a thing i just keep in my head you're all not the time. wrong yeah i ate pizza rolls at like three o'clock today <laughs> and then i burned my yeah. mouth on them oh that's Every, That's such every a shame. fucking time I eat pizza rolls, I burn my mouth on them. <laughs> I should have known. I never learned yeah. my hubris. Ugh, I've flown <clears throat> too close to the sun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty interesting that they used to be like a big, important people in Dreamland before humans ever even showed up. Now they just do like Burning Man <laughs> in the desert. Well, you know, <laughs> do you think all of these, uh, goat-headed goat-headed uh merchants are um they're actually like tech tech startup billionaires <laughs> i was gonna say they have evolved past the need for cities and now just party in a desert <laughs> <laughs> they do not need civilization <laughs> they only need some good acid a fire and some sweet tunes nothing else um, yeah of course other views showed the gaunt gray peaks dividing Lang from Inganok and the monstrous Shantok birds that build nests on the ledges halfway up. And they showed likewise the curious caves near the very topmost pinnacles and how even the boldest of the Shantoks fly screaming away from them. Carter had seen those caves when he passed over them and noticed their likeness to the caves on Nagarak. Now he knew that the likeness was more than chance one. For in these pictures were shewn their fearsome denizens. Those bat wings, curving horns, barbed tails, prehensile paws, and rubbery bodies were not strange to him. He had met those silent, flitting, and clutching creatures before. Those mindless guardians of the great abyss, who even the great ones fear, and who own not Nyarlathotep, but Hori Nodens as their lord. For they were the dreaded night gods, who never laugh or smile because they have no faces and flop unendingly in the dark betwixt the veil of Panath and the passes to the outer world. They also, you like, know, fucking tickled Randolph for, like, a half an hour. It was weird. Yeah, first off, rude. Second <laughs> off, how do you know they don't laugh? Yeah, maybe on the inside you know, they laugh. Hey. We found out recently that rats laugh. It's it's, they just laugh. They just laugh so high, high pitch we can't yeah, hear. Yeah, they do a little, a little tiny rat laugh. We just can't hear it. Yeah, you have to have like, a, like literally have like a special like device, and they're tick. They, some of them are ticklish, and you can tickle yeah, the bellies. Yeah, and like they laugh. I, I, we play hide and seek <clears> with them, and you catch them. They squeal with joy. Oh, I love rats. They like driving in cars even <laughs> when they don't have uh, uh, traits. Oh, they just like, like the thrill of it. Some of them would refuse traits just to drive. Oh my gosh, I love rats like, so much. They're real good. People need to stop like tell, saying, talking shit. If you talk them. shit about rats, we will come to your house. I'll break your goddamn knees. <laughs> 
<laughs> drank all your milk out of the carton. But I will leave enough that, like, there's almost a glass. But not enough, and it's very unsatisfying. <laughs> Just enough to get your cereal wet, and that's and it. also, like, all my saliva will be all over it. Yeah. You're gonna do a lot of backwash. <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's not gonna be, like, very watery backwash, either. <laughs> the merchant had now prodded Carter into a great dome space whose walls were carved in shocking boss reliefs and whose center held a gaping circular pit, surrounded by six malignly stained stone altars in a ring. There was no light in this vast and evil-smelling crypt, and the small lamp of the sinister merchant shone so feebly that one could grasp details only little by little. What do you mean it smelled evilly? How do you know it? What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. You know what smells evil to me? Cucumbers, because I hate them. <laughs> like, it does smells, it smell like it cucumbers? It smells like cucumber water. <laughs> it smells like that. It smells like that thing I hate. Like, remember, like in the mid two thousands, where like all the like all the girls would have like the uh, Bath and Body Works. Yep. Like lotion. and that cucumber like, uh, scented one was really popular. I was so, and I, I fucking like, almost wanted to pee. I didn't like it either. It, I wasn't into it. It's like. Calm, calm down. It smells like cucumber and bleach. Yeah. I can't think of like a more awful combination. Like, okay, I don't know what. Okay, dead things smell pretty bad, but there's something truly evil about the smell of bleach and cucumber. Yeah, they shouldn't be together. <clears throat> yeah, they should just like stop. Just evil, stop wearing evil it. smelling. Yeah, it's like he looks around. There's just bottles of all. Like, open bottles of the cucumber lotion from Bath and Body Works. He's like, no! No! Not this! No! I'm already moisturized! I don't need any more moisture! Please! (laughs) At the farther end was a high stone dais, reached by five steps, and there, on golden throne, sat a lumpish figure, robed in yellow silk, figured with red, and having a yellow silken mask over its face. To this being, the man made certain signs with his hands, and the lurker in the dark replied by raising a disgustingly carven flute of ivory in silk-covered paws and blowing certain loathsome sounds from beneath its flowing yellow mask. As- was was it was it only playing like the 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 chord that uh, the devil triad chord <laughs> it, on a like shitty plastic recorder? Yeah, but the thing is, it was made out of, like, the last... No, it was it was an ivory recorder made out of, like, the last living elephant, oh, and they're no! just, like, like hot cross buns oh, no. on it badly. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> you can at least play something, like, sweeping and beautiful. We need to play hot cross buns shittily. <laughs> yeah, and the entire time... The entire time you're just like, just play another song, and then they play Mary Had a Little Leia, but they keep on missing like <laughs> notes, and they and they'd be like, they oh keep, fuck, they keep starting over. <laughs> you're like, please, <laughs> you're like just something stop. else, and they play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> stop, <laughs> <clears throat> and be like, okay, play something else, and then they start playing the alphabet song, which is. <laughs> The only way to summon Neolithotep is by playing My Heart Will Go On on the shitty recorder. 
got the, my favorite video on YouTube. There's a man playing My Heart Will Go On badly on a recorder, but the whole time it's like it's like soft focus. <laughs> like there's like candles. He's like in a dark room. It's very romantic, but they, there's just somebody playing My Heart Will Go On badly on a recorder. <laughs> It's very good. It's also like 20 years old at this point, I think. <laughs> this colloquy went on for some time, and to Carter there was something sickeningly familiar in the sound of that flute and the stench of the malodorous place. It's just a mall. It's just thinking of a mall. <laughs> a mall in the early yeah. 2000s. <laughs> it's it's a mall, but the only song that they are playing over the... uh. The intercom is uh, party rocking. It's it's a uh, it's a MIDI of party rocking because they can't afford like the actual party rocking. And the thing is, like you think, wow, this song has been going on for a while. Nah, nah. that's the only song. It's the only song. <laughs> got salt and pepper dinered by this. <clears throat> it made him think of a frightful red litten city and of the revolting procession that once filed through it, and of that, and of an awful climb. The lunar countryside beyond, before the rescuing rush of Earth's friendly cats. He knew that the creature was on the dais was without a doubt the high priest, not to be described, but of which legend whispers such fiendish and abnormal possibilities. But he feared to think just what that abhorred high priest might be. It's just a little guy. Yeah, just a little guy. He's just wearing a nice. Like, don't you should know this already. He's just wearing just a nice guy. silken robe. It's just a little guy. <laughs> then the figured silk. Then the figured silk slipped a trifle from one of the grayish white paws, and Carter knew what the noisome high priest was. And in that hideous second, stark fear drove him to something his reason would never have dared to attempt. For in all his shaken consciousness. There was room only for one frantic will to escape from that from what squatted on that golden throne. He knew that hopeless labyrinth of stone lay betwixt him and the cold tableland outside, and even on that tableland, the noxious Shantok still waited. Yet, in spite of all this, there was in his mind only one instant need to get away from that wriggling, silk-robed monstrosity. I'm pretty sure that this is Haster. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is too. Because they always describe Haster as wearing like a uh, uh like robed in yellow, and then like underneath is just like some kind of wriggling mass that you can't see. Yeah. But you know, it's it. There's a lot of stuff moving under there. That's all you know. Yeah. It could be a lot of things. <laughs> it's creepy. I don't like that. I'm thinking of bris. It's I'm just thinking of a mass of bristle worms. Uh. <sighs> Well, like, I mean, it's almost as if it was supposed to inspire fear. It's almost like it was supposed to bring up something that made me really uncomfortable, which just happens to be bristle worms right now. Upon one of the high and wickedly stained altar stones by the pit, and had moved forward somewhat to talk to the high priest with his hands. Carter, hitherto wholly passive, now gave that man a terrific push with all the wild strength of fear. So that the victim toppled at once into the gaping well, which rumor holds to reach down to the hellish vaults of Zin, where Gugs hunt gas in the dark. In almost the same second, he seized the lamp from the altar and darted out into the frescoed labyrinth, 
racing his way, and that a chance determined and trying not to think of the stealthy padding of shapeless paws on the stone behind him, or of the silent wrigglings and crawlings which must be going on back there in lightless corridors. I like how he just fucking pushed him in. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, there go. you go. It's effective. <laughs> After a few moments, he regretted his thoughtless haste and wished he had tried to follow backward the frescoes he had passed on the way in. True, they were so confused and duplicated that he could not have done him much good, but he wished none the less that he had made an attempt. Those he now saw were even more horrible than the ones he had seen, and he knew he was not in the corridors leading outside. In time, he became quite sure he was not followed, and slackened his pace somewhat. But scarce had he breathed in half-relief, then a new peril beset him. His lamp was waning, and he would soon be in the pitch blackness, with no means of sight or guidance. When the light was all gone, he groped slowly in the dark and prayed to the Great Ones for such help as they might afford. At times he felt the stone floor sloping up or down, and once he stumbled over a step for which no reason seemed to exist. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Faith, faith, faith? Yeah. How do you know? That that step had no reason to exist. Like, how see, do you make you that can't judgment? You can't see anything around you either. It's pitch black. You just know that like, there's like a step. Like, I just, this is such just a side thing. Like, a little, you didn't need to have that. Like, I'm now wondering how, first off, how do you know about this step? I, I get we're, we're, we're like uh, steps with no purpose spooky in the 1920s. I don't know. Like, I mean, sure. Are there steps with no purposes? Yeah, I've seen some. Yeah, I've been to the Winchester house place. in California. <laughs> There's lots of like, them. <laughs> th this is just a place. This this is the first time you've been here. How do you know? What if what if what if a lot of short people have, live here? They they can't take the big, yeah, one, we, one big step. You know, one short king <sighs> comes here a lot. <laughs> The merchant comes here a lot. We know he's a short king. Also, like I said, it is pitch black. You have no idea what is around you. You don't know, like, any decorations of the walls. Maybe it's there for that. I just... Is... <laughs> the step for which no reason seemed to exist. What? <laughs> oh my god. HP, what the fuck? Maybe that was something spooky in the 1920s. I don't know. Yeah, so many things were spooky back in the 20s. The farther he went, the damper it seemed to be. And when he was able to feel a junction or the mouth of a side passage, he always seemed to choose the way which sloped downward the least. He believed, though, that his general course was down. In the vault-like smell and incrustations on the greasy walls and floor alike warned him that he was burrowing deep in Lang's unwholesome tableland. But there was not any warning of the thing which came at last, only the thing itself with its terror and shock and breathtaking chaos. One moment he was groping slowly over the slippery floor of an almost level place, and the next he was shooting dizzily downward in the dark through a burrow which must have been well-nigh vertical. Just fell in a well, fucking hole. <laughs> Well, the reason the reason why the reason why it made you fall is because you kept on groping it. Like, oh, keep your hands here. Damn, fuck! 
Ask consent. Jesus, it's not hard, Randolph. At the length of that hideous sliding, he could never be sure, but it seemed to take hours of delirious nausea and ecstatic frenzy, and he realized he was still with the phosphorescent clouds of a northern night shining sickly above him. All around were crumbling walls and broken columns, and the pavement on which he lay was piercing by strangling grass and wretched asunder by frequent shrubs and roots. Behind him, a basalt cliff rose, topless and perpendicular, its dark side sculptured into repellent scenes, and pierced by an arched and carven entrance to the inner blackness out of which he had come. Ahead stretched double rows of pillars, and the fragments and pedestals of pillars that spoke of a broad bygone street. And from the urns and basins along the way, he knew it had been a great street of gardens. Far off at its end, the pillars spread to mark a vast round plaza. And in that open circle, there loomed gigantic under the lurid night clouds a pair of monstrous things. Huge winged lines of diorite they were, with blackness and shadow between them. Full twenty feet, they reared their grotesque and unbroken heads, and snarled, derisive, on the ruins around them. And Carter knew right well that he must be, for legends tell of one such twain. There were the changeless guardians of the great abyss, and these dark ruins were in truth primordial circumment. I like how they have a uh, a fun little slide that goes out of the city. You know that may, maybe maybe all the people who normally live there can like just see in the dark, and they're just like, and that was just a slide. Like it's a, like, oh look, someone went down the slide. What? Wait, why are they so sad? It's just looking? Carter screaming <laughs> the whole like, time. That sounds like a scream of discontent, not the scream of fun we normally yeah, hear. Yeah, like he's this. not having fun. He's not having a good time, guys. Should we do something? It's like we can't do anything. It's going down the slide. <laughs> the Carter's first act was to close and barricade the archway in the cliff with fallen blocks and odd debris that lay around. He wished no follower from Lang's hateful monastery, for along the way ahead would lurk enough of other dangers. If how, nor could he gain much by descending to the grottoes of the ghouls, since he knew they were no better informed than he. The three ghouls which had helped him through the city of Gugs to the outer world had not known how to reach Sarcomond and their journey back, but had planned to ask old traders in Dilathlene. He did not like to think of going again to the subterranean world of Gugs and risking once more that hellish tower of Koth and its cyclopean steps leading to the enchanted wood. Yet he felt like he might have to try this course if all else failed. Wait, wait, wait. What if the step that wasn't supposed to be there was just a big fuck-off step? <laughs> and that's why. Oh, I like it. That's fun. Like, like it was like clearly supposed to be a step. Like, there's no other way... Like, there is a room above it, but, like, you'd have to be, like, real tall to be oh, step shit. on it. Oh, shit, yeah! <clears throat> Carter's just, unfortunately, a short king. Or, or it was a tiny one meant for, like, dogs with mobility problems. Dogs oh. with cats with mobility problems get up on the... Oh! <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Over Lang's plateau, past the lone monastery, he dared not go unaided. For the high priest emissaries must be many. 
While the journey's end there would no doubt be the Shantox and perhaps other things to deal with. If he could get a boat, he might sail back to Inganok, past the jagged and hideous rock in the sea. For the primal frescoes in the monastery labyrinth had shewn that this frightful place lies not far from Sarcommon's basalt quays. But to find a boat in this aeon-deserted city was no probable thing, and did not appear likely that he could ever make one. Just punch it out of rock with your bare fist. Hey, don't judge people. Yeah, you, like, you're, you could literally exist in the dreamlands forever. Just, just use your fists. Just punch stuff until a boat appears. Yeah, yes, like, I played Minecraft. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you just you punch the tree. You get four pieces of wood. You make a, bin, a crafting table. Then you punch some more wood and you make a boat. It's that easy. God, Randall Carter. Fuck. <laughs> Christ. It's, it's like noob shit. <laughs> Just punch the cobblestone until you get enough stone. Such were the thoughts of Randolph Carter when a new impression began beating upon his mind. All this while there had stretched before him the great corpse-like width of fables are common and its black broken pillars and crumbling sphinx crown gates and titan stones and monstrous winged lions against the sickly glow of those luminous night clouds. Now he saw far ahead, on the right glow that no clouds could account for, and he knew he was not alone in the silence of that dead city. The glow rose and fell fitfully, flickering from a greenish tinge, which did not reassure the watcher. But then he crept closer down the littered street, and through some narrow gaps between tumbled walls, he perceived that it was a campfire near the wharves, with many vague forms clustered darkly around it, and a lethal odor hanging heavily over all. Beyond was the oily lapping of the harbor water, with a great ship riding at anchor, and Carter paused in stark terror when he saw that the ship was indeed one of the dreaded black galleys from the moon. Oh, shit. That ain't good. Oh, no. That ain't good. Watch out. You don't want to go back to the moon. There's some, there's some spook. Back to the forest again. <sighs> well, no. Go to the moon and then the cats take you back to Ulthar. Yeah. And you just start like, all what? over again. <laughs> okay. What? So we, I know, we know this ends, but what if it was somehow, it was, it was just Randolph, Randolph, just have to redo his journey over and over again because he keeps on getting stuck on the moon. <laughs> God uh, damn it. So he gets taken back to Uthar <laughs> and be like, shit. And then Zanug's eventually just like, why are you here still? <laughs> what like, are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I keep going to the moon. I don't want to. <laughs> <sighs> then, just as he was about to creep back from that detestable flame, he saw a stirring among the vague, dark forms and heard a peculiar and unmistakable sound. It was the frightened meeping of a ghoul, and in a moment it had swelled to a veritable chorus of anguish. Secure as he was in the shadow of monstrous ruins, Carter allowed his curiosity to conquer his fear, and crept forward again instead of retreating. Once in crossing an open street, he wriggled, worm-like on his stomach, and in another place he had to rise to his feet to avoid making a noise among heaps of fallen marble. But always he succeeded in avoiding discovery, 
so that in a short time he had found a spot behind a titan pillar whence he could watch the whole green litten scene of action. I, I like to think that he's like real bad at hiding and like <laughs> half of his body is out. <laughs> it's it's like that picture of that baby elephant hiding behind the light pole. <laughs> yeah. Just a whole ass man sticking out. <laughs> yeah, like it's that's that's yeah, that's how it's gonna work. It'd be like, dude, like what there's someone like watching us yet. Oh no, he thinks he's hiding. How could they possibly know oh. I'm here? I'm hiding so perfectly. They're like, yo, we see your ass. Like, it's right there. Just a dump truck. No, I like to think that everyone that he's watching is just embarrassed for They're like, so don't they're just say him, anything. Do not pretend that he is not there. It will upset him. We do not, we don't need anybody crying today. <laughs> There, around a hideous fire fed by obnoxious stems of lunar fungi, there squatted a stinking circle of toad-like moon beasts and their almost human slaves. Some of these slaves were heating curious iron spears and leaping flames, and at intervals applying their white-hot points to three tightly trussed prisoners that lay writhing before the leaders of the party. From the motions of their tentacles, Carter could see that the blunt-snouted moonbeasts were enjoying the spectacle hugely, and vast was his horror when he suddenly recognized the frantic meeping and knew that the tortured ghouls were none other than the faithful trio which had guided him safely from the abyss and had thereafter set out from the enchanted wood to find Sarcomond and the gate to their native deeps. No! Mm. No, I love the ghouls. I love those weird little dogs. <sighs> Randall Carr, you better fucking save these ghouls. Yeah. Or I'm canceling you. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. You didn't save the ghouls. Fucking asshole. They saved you. They took you. You had to be naked the whole time. But they saved you. <laughs> really, that's not that bad a price for, like, surviving the underworld. Gotta say. I mean, also, like, I mean, get over yourself. Like, be, they, being naked is, like, almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> the number of malodorous moon beasts about the greenish fire was very great, and Carter saw that he could do nothing now to save his former allies. Of how the ghouls had been captured, he could not guess, but fancied that the gray toad-like blasphemies had heard them inquire in Dilathleen concerning the way to Sarcomond and had not wished them to approach so closely the hateful plateau of Lang and the high priest not to be described. For a moment he pondered on what he ought to do, and recalled how near he was to the gate of the ghoul's black kingdom. Clearly it was wisest to creep east to the plaza of twin lions and descend at once to the gulf, where assuredly he would meet no horrors worse than those above, and where he might soon find ghouls eager to rescue their brethren, and perhaps to wipe out the moon beasts for the black galley. It occurred to him that the portal, like other gates to the abyss, might be guarded by flocks of night gaunts, but he did not fear these faceless creatures now. He had learned that they are bound by solemn treaties with the ghouls, and that the ghoul which was Pikmin had taught him how to glibber a password they understood. Pikmin is such a bro. And Thanks, Pikmin. That you remember, remember that, remember that ancient meme before they became unrecognizable. Bad luck, Brian. 
Well, well, that's that's what Randolph Carter is, but he's also, <laughs> but he, but he's also helpful. Oh. So he's like that kid that's just like, hey, I'm like real happy. <laughs> very astute, very astute. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's like that. Back, you know? when, like, back when image macros were the were the hot thing. Yeah, remember when that was a thing? That was so weird. There's a there's a Tumblr post that is like uh that's a it's like a parody of the Joker. It's like be me, be a jester in a court, make all the lords and ladies laugh. <laughs> uh I can't remember what it says. It's like murder the lord, everybody's sad. It's like and then it's just a picture of a medieval jester and it says, We live in a society, bottom text. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime an image <laughs> says something like that, I fucking lose me. I don't know why. <laughs> Somebody once described a dream uh, that they were dating a guy, and <laughs> it's like their second date, and her parents are there, and he like in the middle of dinner tears open his shirt, and he has a full chest tattoo, and it's the <laughs> the Marge crumping meme, and it says, "Will you marry me?" Bottom text. <laughs> something about bottom text it's i don't know why Uh, oh we're getting some more uh carter's wiggling again he's he's doing his wiggles so he can hide though like you said i don't think he's actually that good at hiding So Carter began another silent crawl through the ruins, edging slowly toward the great central plaza and the winged lions. It was ticklish work, but the moon beasts were pleasantly busy and did not hear the slight noises which he twice made by accident among the scattered stones. Oh my god, I like to imagine that he's just like the worst goddamn person. He's just fucking knocking everything over. Like, he somehow manages to step on, like, every stick. There's somehow, every- like, a, there's somehow mm. a, like, armoire full of china that he knocks over. <laughs> there's just a huge crash. And they're like, don't pay attention to it. Don't look at him. Don't. <laughs> He's trying his best. <laughs> like, I feel so embarrassed. Like, like, he, did you hear that, like, he went all the way, like, across, like, almost across the Dreamlands to the moon then he just got put back to the beginning oh fuck like he's so bad at and this. then he and then he went again and then he ended up back at the beginning fuck dude like he ran around like, naked in the underworld for a bit which you know what king but anyways that's some king shit right there it's just yeah there, he's just he's really just like just crunching on everything <laughs> just absolutely just fucking it up at last, he reached the open space and picked his way among the stunted trees and briars that had grown up therein. The gigantic lions loomed terrible above him, and the sickly glow of the phosphorescent dike clouds. But the manfully perished—oh! But he manfully persisted toward them and presentedly crept. This is such a weird manfully. Yeah, do with a lot of testosterone, like. <laughs> Yes, just a lot of androgen. <laughs> yeah, just like, I'm, I'm gonna 
not cry when I need to, so then I'm gonna, like, punch my girlfriend Ugh, later. I'm gonna become so emotionally constipated. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna laugh at people, like, just being okay with themselves. I'm gonna not go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That is. Oh, God. I mean, they could also just be American. Oh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. not go to the doctor, even though I have insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. I'm going to take horse medicine. <laughs> I'm going to choke some horse dewormer. <laughs> Did you? So okay. Fucking First gro- it's okay. so gross. Okay, there was a run on the Ike for Vectrin, whatever, the horse dewormer, yeah. horse and cow dewormer. Yeah. So feed stores and like the producers of it are just, they're just making it harder to get. It's so. So we're going to, we might have a beef shortage soon because it's harder to get the dewormer for all the beef cattle. Like, just take some, <laughs> like, okay, if you're going to glom on to a, a over-the-counter dewormer, do you like cat dewormer? <laughs> well, also, also, fun fact, like, last year, the high gloxochloroquine, that's just a fucking, that's, okay, first off, the what people were getting, someone died because they, because uh, they just ate some aquarium uh, cleaner. Oh, fuck. Oh, that stuff is, and oh! Also, yeah, and uh, and also, um, a bunch of people with lupus didn't have, uh, couldn't have their medicine yep. that they needed. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that well. Oh, or steamer. So, um, like I know, like I just don't, I don't. Like I know that ketamine is a recreational drug, and it is basically horse tranquilizer. But God, dewormer. Okay. You know what? I'd be much better if all of them were on ketamine because you know maybe what? they'd fucking calm down for a moment. I've read some great <laughs> stories about people taking ketamine. <laughs> some great stories. A story about somebody accidentally meeting the Prime Minister of Ireland. <laughs> well, just, oh, just fucking out of their goddamn mind on ketamine. <laughs> at work, too. They were at work. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you the story later, but yeah, man, if only it was ketamine that they were all taking. Yeah, like, there's just a run of ketamine, like, they'd all just calm down for a moment and shut the I fuck like up. they all so just good. pass out for a while, then we wouldn't have to deal with them. No, like, all of them, all of them would just be on, all of them would just be in a K-hole so deep that, like, we Maybe we they, just, would ex- we just have- they would experience ego death and not be so awful. Oh, I don't know. They would experience ego death and somehow come out thinking they're the center of the universe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it! Be the complete opposite of what we want. That is true. We do not know. Oh. I, I just, like, when I think of dewormer, it's so gross. I've had to deworm more than one cat, and it was disgusting. Uh, People are going to get paralyzed because of it. Because, guys, if you take too much of it, it paralyzes humans. That does not surprise me. Yeah, that's people yeah. should not take horse dewormer. Simple as that. Don't drink some horse dewormer. I don't know why that has to be said. I mean, they were injecting bleach last year as well, so. You know, maybe, maybe, just, I, I, I try to not sound a, like a eugenist. I never want to sound like a eugenist, but like. Do we need them around? Uh, like, 
I mean, they technically have value as a person because they are a person. They're a human. They have an eternal life. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not their fault. And a lot of times it's someone else's fault yeah. for this. And, they and there's went usually down people that hole. like love them and care about them. Yeah. No, I understand. But do we need them? if you're chucking horse dewormer, do we need you? It's the next TED talk. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's worded just like that. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. If you choke horse dewormer, do we need you? Yeah. <laughs> they are paying me several thousand dollars to to do this TED Talk about horse dewormer. <laughs> and if you chug it. I'm just gonna... Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stand up here and be like, really? And then it's just gonna be a, a picture of a horse next to a human. It's just a... Be like, a they're not the same. Both built not well biologically. Not the same, however. Contrary to popular yeah. belief, horses are not humans. <laughs> I know when you crack open a biology book, it tells you otherwise. <laughs> but horses are not humans. <laughs> Man, I just, like, hopefully the next next one is, like, better. What, TED Talk? No, no, the next the next thing that they do. Oh, that they decide to chug, yeah. Hopefully it's not horse dewormer. Oh, like it's just so like... gross. Ugh. Okay. Oh, let's okay. Let's get let's get going. Okay. Sorry. Oh it's... fuck. <laughs> sorry. Think about horse dewormer. It's so gross. <sighs> let's see. Um. Okay. That's right. We were talking about manfully. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's wearing wraparound sunglasses <laughs> and, and, a, uh, and a pickup truck, and he's about to spew a bunch of bullshit about stuff he doesn't know. He does not. On a Facebook Live. He is, he's driving in his souped-up truck. He does not know how to change a tire. <laughs> um, but he manfully persisted toward them and presently crept round to their faces. Knowing it was on that side, he would find the mighty darkness which they guard. Ten feet apart crouched the mocking face beast of Diorite, brooding on cyclopean pedestals whose sides were chiseled into fearsome boss reliefs. Betwixt them was a tiled court with a central pace, ugh, with a central space which had once been railed with balusters of onyx. Midway in the space, a black well opened and Carter soon saw that he had indeed reached the yawning gulf whose crusted and moldy stone steps led down to the crypts of nightmare. Did did you say railed earlier? Oh, I'm sorry, what? Did you say railed earlier? Railed. So it was railed by some onyx? Yeah, railed by Just some... Like, what, what we find it? Ballisters of onyx. Ballis... Oh, <laughs> 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 Real big thousands <laughs> of eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like wailed as it like I'm crying. No, it's railed. <laughs> Straight up railed. <laughs> I what if I just started reading it was like and then Randall Carter was railed. <laughs> Manfully. So one of the things <laughs> one of the things that I used to do when I did my Choose Your Own Adventure podcast, which I might con you into going oh, I, making I this into it. when we're done. I love it. 
Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I want to do that again. I loved it. So, it's so much fun. Uh, I love when we did the Chuck yeah. Tingle one. Yeah, I yeah it this thing. I want to do that again, and I might just we just okay. So after we get done with this, when we're done with the you know next fifteen stories or so, uh-huh. I either want to do Arthurian Tales or just choose your own adventure book. I really like, love choose your own adventure. But um, but one of the things that I'd like to do was uh, just randomly like to just to see if the other person was listening, just turn it into like a slash fic between the main character and whoever they're talking to. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's real good. So, you know, I got good enough to like make it be like, what? What do you say? Hey, uh, <laughs> I remember last night that the longest uh, fan fiction ever written is a slash fanfic uh, of uh Kurt X Spock. And it's like it's like several novel lengths long. It mm. it's ridiculous. But yeah. Alright. Uh. Terrible is the memory of that dark descent in which hours wore themselves away whilst Carter wound sightlessly round and round down a fathomless spiral of steep and slippery stairs. So worn and narrow were the steps, and so greasy with the ooze of inner earth that the climber never quite knew when to expect breathless fall and hurtling down into the ultimate pits. And he was likewise uncertain just when or how the guardian night gaunts would suddenly pounce upon him, if indeed there were any station in this prime evil passage. All about him was a stifling odor of nether gulfs, and felt that air of these choking depths was not made for mankind. In time, he became very numb and somnolent, moving more from automatic impulse from reasoned will, nor did he realize any change when he stopped moving altogether, as something quietly seized him from behind. Just because you don't like choking doesn't mean other people don't like it, Randolph. <laughs> like, come on. Like, that black choking death might be perfect for just, me, you know? Just those strong hands around your throat. It's, it's like, I... <laughs> Just doing the the Bart choke, the Bart Simpson choke, where he's like, (laughs) He was flying very rapidly through the air before a malevolent tickling told him that the rubbery night gaunts had performed their duty. Oh, God, not again. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) Why? Randolph, jump into the black pit, please. Just jump in there, just fuck it. I, just end it. I want this to end with just like I'm right off Carter just fucking yeeted himself off the cliff and died. <laughs> I'd be fine with it. I'd be like, at least there's no more fucking tickling. I guess that would be hell. Just being tickled sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh fuck. Ugh. Awake to the fact that he was in the cold, damp clutch of the faceless flutterers, Carter remembered the password of the ghouls and glibbered it as loudly as he could amidst the wind and chaos of flight. Mindless though night gaunts are said to be, the effect was instantaneous, for all tickling stopped at once, and the creatures hastened to shift their captive to a more comfortable position. Thus encouraged Carter ventured more ex- Thus encouraged, Carter ventured some explanations, telling of the seizure and torture of three ghouls by the moon beasts, and of the need of assembling a party to rescue them. 
The night gods, though inarticulate, seemed to understand what was said, and shewed greater haste and purpose in their flight. Suddenly, the dense blackness gave place to the grey twilight of inner earth, and there opened up ahead one of those flat sterile plains on which ghouls loved to squat and gnaw. Scattered tombstones and osseous fragments told of the denizens of that place, and as Carter gave a loud meep of urgent summons, a score of burrowed empty a scur a score of burrows emptied forth their leathery dog like tenants. The night gaunts now flew low and set their passenger upon his feet. Afterward withdrawing a little and forming a hunched semicircle on the ground, while the ghouls greeted the newcomer. Carter glibbered his message rapidly and explicitly to the grotesque company, and four of them at once departed through different burrows to spread the news to others and gather such troops as might be available for the rescue. As long after a long wait, a ghoul of some importance appeared and made significant signs to the night gaunts, causing two of the latter to fly off into the dark. Thereafter, there were constant accessions to the hunch flock of night gaunts on the plain, till, a length, till at length the slimy soil was fairly black with them. Meanwhile, fresh ghouls clawed out of the burrows one by one, all glibbering excitedly and forming in crude battle array, not far from the huddled night gaunts. In time, there appeared that proud and influential ghoul, which was, uh, which was once the artist, Richard Pickman of Boston, and to him Carter glibbered a very full account of what had occurred. The erstwhile Pickman, surprised to greet his ancient friend again, seemed very much impressed and held a conference with the other chiefs, a little apart from the growing throng. Oh, I'm excited. I love this. I like that the night gaunts are friends with the ghouls. But they're perverts. They tickle. They are, but they're like, you know what? These weird little dogs are cool. We'll leave them alone. Like, they won't okay. get we won't like, tickle these weird little dog things. Like I understand having like a weird friend. That's fine. <laughs> That's cool. But but they're fucking perfect. They are. I'm like they, here's here okay, here's my okay, here's my stance now. <laughs> if you actively tickle people, especially against their will, you're a perfect. Oh, definitely. 100%. Finally, after scanning the ranks with care, the assembled chiefs all meeped in unison and began glibbering orders to the crowds of ghouls and night gaunts. A large detachment of the horned flyers vanished at once, while the rest grouped themselves two by two on their knees with extended forelegs, awaiting the approach of the ghouls one by one. As each ghoul reached a pair of night gaunts to which he was assigned, he was taken up and borne away into the blackness till at last a whole throng had vanished, save for Carter, Pickman, and the other chiefs, and a few pairs of night gaunts. Pickman explained that the night gaunts were advance guard and battle steeds of the ghouls, and that the army was issuing forth to Sarcommon to deal with the moon beasts. Then Carter and the ghoulish chiefs approached the waiting bearers and were taken up by the damp, slippery paws. Another moment, and all were whirling wind and darkness, endlessly, up, up, up to the gate of the winged lions in the spectral rooms of primal Sarcommon. Then, after a great interval, Carter saw again the sickly light of Sarcommon's nocturnal sky, and was to behold the great central plaza, swarming with militant ghouls and night gaunts. Day, he felt sure, must be almost due. 
but so strong was the army that no surprise of the enemy would be needed. The greenish flare near the wharves still glimmered faintly, though the absence of ghoulish meeping shewed that the torture of the prisoners was over for the nonce. Softly glibbering directions to their steeds and to the flock of riderless night gaunts ahead, the ghouls presently rose in wide roaring columns and swept over the blake ruins toward the evil flame. Carter was now beside Pickman in the front rank of ghouls and saw as they approached the noisome camp that the moon beasts were totally unprepared. The free, yeah. The three prisoners lay bound and inert beside the fire, while their toad-like captors slept drowsily around in no certain order. The almost human slaves were asleep, even the sentinels shirking a duty which in this realm must have seemed to them merely perfunatory. The final Perfunatory? Perfunatory. What? What does that mean? Uh, one second, let me get my phone. Perfunatory? Is that supposed to be... Oh, there it is. Perfunatory. Perfunatory. Oh, it's perfunctory. Uh, yeah, perfunctory. Perfunctory. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more but sense. But there's no C there. There's no C in, in my book, at least, between the N and the T. Uh, so, okay. I'll just reread that with with the C in it so it sounds right. Yeah, is that is that like a typo? It must be a typo. Okay. Because perfunatory, like, perfunctory makes sense. Yeah, perfunctory, yeah, that does it. Okay, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, the almost human slaves were asleep, even the sentinels shirking a duty, which in this realm must be to them purely perfunctory. The final swoop of the night gods and mounted ghouls was very sudden. Each of the grayish told like blasphemies and their almost human slaves being seized by the group of night gaunts before the sound was made. The moon beasts, of course, were voiceless, and even the slaves had little chance to scream before rubbery claws choked them in the silence. Horrible were the writhings of those great jellyish a horrible were the writhings of those great jellyish abnormalities as the sardonic night gaunts clutched them but nothing availed against the strength of those black prehensile talons. Even a moon beast writhed too violently, a night gaunt would seize and pull its quivering pink tentacles, which to see much oh which seemed to hurt so much that the victim would cease its struggles. Carter Hey, hey, hey I, have, I have a question. Uh-huh. Sardonic means like darkly like darkly um sarcastic, right? Darn it. Grimly mocking or cynical. Okay, so how are they How are they doing that? Be like, yeah, you're really strong. Oh, gosh, <laughs> you're such strong moonbeast. It'd be a real shame if I pulled on your spooky tentacle and then you cried. <laughs> what? Damn, yeah. night gods. You don't gotta do that to him. I mean... Man, Just kidding, I wish, actually you do. I wish there was an audio I wish there was an audio equivalent of like a image macro, because I really <laughs> wanted they got it how to do it to him. <laughs> I had to do it to him. <laughs> Bottom text. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's, like, I just want the audio equivalent of that. <laughs> there is! Uh, I can think of uh, Julian Salamita, Jenna Marvel's <laughs> boyfriend, <laughs> regularly says, I gotta do it to him. Because <laughs> then Jenna Marvel's is like, have you ever thought about not doing it to him? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I 
God do too. Carter expected to see much slaughter, but found that the ghouls were far subtler in their plans. They delivered certain simple orders to the Nightgaunts, which held the captives, trusting the rest to instinct. But soon the hapless creatures bore silently away into the great abyss, to be distributed impartially amongst the beholds, gugs, gas, and other dwellers in darkness whose modes of nourishment whose modes of nourishment are not painless to their chosen victims. Meanwhile, the three bound ghouls had been released and consoled by their conquering kinsfolk. Whilst various parties searched the neighborhood for possible remaining moon beasts, and boarded the evil-smelling black galley to the wharf to make sure that nothing had escaped the general defeat. Surely enough, the capture had been thorough, for not a sign of further life could the victors detect. Carter, anxious to preserve means of access to the rest of Dreamland, urged them not to sink the anchor galley, and this request was freely granted out of gratitude for his act in reporting the plight of the captured trio. On the ship were found some very curious objects and decorations, some of which Carter cast at once into the sea. <laughs> it's just like a lava lamp. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> just like, what? No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> Listen, this is not <laughs> my vibe. He just fucking yeets it. <laughs> like, is he gonna keep the ship afterwards? Yeah, it like, sounds like he wants the ship, but he doesn't want the interior decorating. <laughs> doesn't appreciate. They also, they don't have eyes, so... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. The the people the people on the moon didn't have any eyes? Yeah, the, the weird frog things don't have eyes. Oh yeah. yeah why do they have interior design, design then? Yeah, oh well the uh the slaves do, so maybe that's it. Oh. Why would you put stuff up for the slaves? I don't know. Maybe just like so they stop complaining for a while. <laughs> okay. So they don't <laughs> nag you anymore. <laughs> You're like, here's a uh, a fucking a. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Here's a Thomas Kincaid painting. <laughs> yeah. Here's an I Spy book. I, Go to town. <laughs> like you need, like, like I heard you need light, and if this painter is called the painter of light, so here's a Bosch, uh, the uh, Garden of uh, Heavenly Delights. <laughs> Just have fun with it. <laughs> It's just a blowed up picture of that guy with the music on his ass. <laughs> the guy with the horn in his ass. There's a bird flying out. <laughs> oh, god damn. <laughs> I really like that. Just blow, like, it's all pixelated. Like, it's a JPEG that somebody, like, it. it's been um, compressed many a time before they printed it out. For some reason. Uh. Ghouls and night gaunts now form themselves in separate groups, and the former questioning their rescued fellows anent past happenings. It appeared that the three had followed Carter's directions and proceeded from the enchanted woods to Dilathlene by way of Nier and the sky, stealing human clothes at a lonely farmhouse and looping as closely as possible in the fashion of a man's walk. In Dilathlene's taverns, their grotesque ways of, and faces had aroused much comment, but they had persisted in asking the way to Sarkomond, until at last an old traveler was able to tell them. When they knew that the only ship for Lang, oh, 
When they knew that the only ship for Leilog Lang would serve their purpose and prepared to wait patiently for such a vessel. <laughs> They're like literally three dogs in a trench coat. <laughs> it's just three ghouls in a trench coat. <laughs> yes, it's me, Norman Human Man. Can you tell me what boat I have to take? So, okay. So remember the the part of the idea for a Call of Cthulhu game? Uh-huh. Where the where the the mailman is just a goal. Yes, I. Yes, this is making me want it even yes. more. Yes, just it's just three ghouls in a trench coat <laughs> in a just, post office it's, uniform. <laughs> it's a ghoul walking around the living mail, be like, why is he just gibbering? I mean, also, he, he like, likes to meep well, as well. Like, did you did you did you see did you it's like like did you see how hungrily he looked at the kid like. Not in like a pervert way, but more like hungry. Like, no, like he, like he, to eat he it. legit like wants a hot dog. Yeah, like. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm wanting to have a, a gold be a mailman. I love so much. I love them. These weird dogs. They're very special to me. Yeah. <sighs> but evil spies had doubtless reported much. For shortly, a black galley put into port. And wide-mouthed ruby merchants invited the ghouls to drink with them in a tavern. Wine was produced from one of who those sinister bottles, grotesquely carven from a single ruby. And after that, the ghouls found themselves prisoner on the black alley, as Carter had once found himself. This time, however, the unseen rowers steered not for the moon, but for the antique Sarcoman, bent evidently on taking their captives before the high priest, not to be described. They had touched at the jagged rock in the northern sea, which Inganox mariners shun, and the ghouls had there seen for the first time the real masters of the ship, being sickened despite their own callousness by such extremes of malign shapelessness and fearsome odor. There, too, were witnessed the nameless pastimes of the toad-like resident garrison, such pastimes as give rise to the night howlings which men fear. After that had come to landing at Ruin Sarcomund, and at the beginning of the tortures whose continuance the present rescue had prevented. What a bunch of assholes. Yeah. I hate these things. Like, why Why is it that all the human, uh, like, well, most of the humanoids, except for the ghouls, are like assholes. I know! And like, all the, all the, well, well actually not the Vunith. The Vunith was like an a asshole. A woo! It just wanted <laughs> but... to a woo, okay? Well, actually, you know what? The Night Gaunts still, they're perverts. They are perverts. Uh, you know. All right, we got two more paragraphs. Let's do this. Future plans were next discussed. The three ghouls suggesting a raid on the Jagged Rock and the extermination of the Toad Lake garrison there. To this, however, the Night Gaunts objected, since the prospect of flying over water did not please them. Most of the ghouls favored the design, but were at a loss of how to follow. Could they not gavitate? They could not navigate the anchored galley. Offered to teach... Oh, I see. Sorry. Um, most of the ghouls favored the design, but were at a loss to follow it without the help of the winged night gaunts. Thereupon, Carter, seeing that they could not navigate the anchored galley, offered to teach them the use of the great banks of oars, to which proposal they eagerly assented. Grey day had now come, and under that leaden northern sky, a picked detachment of ghouls filed into the noisome ship and took their seats on the rowers' benches. Carter found them fairly apt at learning, 
and before night had risked several experimental trips around the harbor. Not till three days later, however, did he deem it safe to attempt the voyage of conquest. Then the rowers trained, and the night gone safely stowed in the forecastle. The party set sail at last, Pickman and the other chiefs gathering on deck and discussing modes of approach and procedure. On the very first night, the howlings from the rock were heard. Such was their timber that the galley's crew shook visibly. But of all trembled the three rescued ghouls, who knew precisely what those howlings meant. It was not thought best to attempt an attack at night. So the ship lay under the phosphorescent clouds and wait for the dawn of a grayish day. Then the light was ample and the howling still, and the howling still the rowers resumed their strokes. And the galley drew closer and closer to that jagged rock, whose granite pinnacles clawed fantastically at the dull sky. The sides of the rock were very steep, but on the ledges here and there could be seen bulging walls of queer windowless dwellings, uh, queer windowless dwellings, and the low railings guarding the traveled high roads. No ship of men had ever come near the place, or at least had never come near the departed again. But Carter and the ghouls were void of fear and kept inflexibly on, rounding the eastern face of the rock and seeking the wharves which the rescued trio described as being on the southern side within a harbor formed of steep headlands. And that's where we'll stop for today. Okay. Oh. Well, a lot happened in that. Damn, one. we have two more parts. How much shit's going to happen in this story? I don't know. Like, they, we already had two war. No, three wars. There's been uh, the Zooks and the cats, uh, the uh, this. It was on the moon. Uh, oh, yeah, the cats fought the uh, the stuff on the moon. Um, damn. Two fights on the moon. Wait, two fights on no, the moon? No, the cats. The no. cats fought the Zoogs. The cats fought the things on the moon. And now this. The cats have fought okay. twice and stuff. Damn, these moon things are getting their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. That was why I love ghouls so much. I'm so There's three ghouls in a trench coat. <laughs> Oh, thank you, HP. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah. Just walk around a harbor. It's like, do you know how to sail a boat? Also, do you have any tasty treats? I just like there was ghouls trying to just be be humans. It's real cute. It's really cute. <laughs> They're like, um, see, Randolph, we could do it the other way too. Oh no! I like to think that they're making fun of Randolph. I'd be like, <laughs> Look at I'm me! I'm human. Randolph Carter. <laughs> I'm really squishy, and I don't know how to fight. All right. Well, do you have anything else to say about it? Oh uh, yeah, I don't know how there's still two, like twenty more pages. There's twenty more pages. Like, like okay. Here's here's the thing about some of the other stuff we've read. Um, like so, like. Color Outer Space isn't as long, but like, you know, it had like one through line yeah. throughout the entire yeah. thing. Like this one, it feels like it. It's just actually I would I would like this to be adapted into like a mini series. Yes. I think that would be real cool. Yes. Every 10 pages could be an episode legitimately. Yeah, because like it it seems like it seems like this is, should be more of an anthology. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Than anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. But yeah, no, I'm enjoying this. Like, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, really. me neither. It's just like the three ghouls in a trench coat. That's all I needed. I could go to sleep yeah. today and be happy. 
Um, all right. Do you want to plug anything? Uh, I would say that I have another podcast called Alphabet Flight where you can listen to me and a guest talk about um, Marvel characters thrice thrice weekly. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, yeah, you should check out my YouTube channel. It's called Make Spooky Sweaters. Just YouTube.com/slash Spooky Sweaters, where I read all sorts of spooky stories and poems and novellas. And if you like H.P. Lovecraft and you want some more spooky stuff, feel free to go check it out. Bunch of stuff on there. A lot of creepypastas right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, make youtube.com slash sweaters. <sighs> yeah. Oh shit, now I have to pull the thing. You would think I would remember this by now, that we do this every single time. <coughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much like a thing we've done for like 50-something episodes. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Don't lie to me. All right, this has been Over Innsmouth, and remember, you are an irreplaceable gash in the fabric of reality. Your keening, static howl is like no other, and if it faded from the abyss, the void that would remain would be unfillable, and the mansions of silence would forever fill with our lament. Okay, bye! Bye! Uh-huh. Come on.